y'all already know what's going on welcome to season two of the no tea just juice podcast man it feels real good to be back on the mic i ain't gonna lie but you know what feels even better being alive at a time like this it is november (laughs) already right and i'm really thankful for life and thankful that y'all could join me for another season and for a new episode If this is your first time tuning into the show, welcome. No Tea Just Juice is a high-vibe mental health podcast that was initially created to promote everyday conversations around things that impact our mental health. I find that many of us are still embarrassed to share some of the things that are going on with us. And listen, everybody's dealing with the same stuff. So in this space, we talk about a lot of things that affect our day-to-day functioning and our overall mental health. I'm your host, Sherelle, also known as Juice. I am a licensed clinical social worker and psychotherapist and full-time wild spirit. Thank you for inviting me into your space today. If you are a regular listener, thank you for tuning back in. I am so grateful that you still rocking with your girl. (laughs) Now, I have been on a break, as you know, for three months. In that time, initially, I planned to really just rest, but also to plan out all of the content that I wanted to create and share with y'all and send out some emails to all of the people who have subscribed to my email list and pre-record a lot of episodes and do a lot of things that I felt would save me a lot of time when it comes to putting out content on a weekly basis. Now, I am here to tell y'all that none of that happened. I didn't do any of that. It is Tuesday right now. No, it's actually Monday. So um, I'm just now recording this episode. None of that happened. And I'm okay with that. In reality, what I ended up doing was getting inspired to start a new project that I am super excited to share with y'all. But not quite ready to share with you, but I will say just stay tuned because I will be making a big announcement in the next couple of months, hopefully, and just doing a lot of groundwork for that particular project. And I did do some planning around the topics that I wanted to talk about this particular season, but it's not really concrete because I want what we talk about in this space to be relevant. So I didn't want to get too ahead of myself in case there was something that was happening and we needed to talk about it or we needed to process it. Now, I do want to apologize to y'all because I know, I know, (laughs) I know I said I would be sending out some different emails to my subscribers and y'all have not received a single drop of juice in your email and I am so sorry about that. I charge it to my head and not my heart. I do have some things, but I just did not get around to doing it. But just just keep rocking with your girl. I'm going to I'm going to get it together. I promise I'm going to get it together. <laughs> but um anyway, I wanted to as you can tell from the title of this episode, talk about something that is happening right now. And that means the juice of the day is going to be a little sad. Seasonal affective disorder, that is. 
Seasonal affective disorder is a type of depression that is related to the change in seasons. So we are about a month into the fall season. So this episode may be helpful if you tend to notice changes in yourself around this time of the year. Sound good? Now let's hop on the couch and get into this juice. No tea, no tea, just juice, juice, no tea, no tea, just juice, juice, no tea. No tea. Look. Peace is power, period. Nobody's perfect. You got one time to shine. Tell me, is it really all worth it? Cleanse from within so you don't corrode your surface. I hope you find your purpose. Be rounded as this earth is. I pray your goal is intact. My mind's a circus. Admit that I struggle with that. I make it back, Jack. I remember way back. Met a chain that you say. Fruit for the mind, and she always had two trays. Dropping gems that help you prosper. Elevate your intuition, illuminate your chakra. She do it for the culture we running from them vultures addition to be suppressed can't mention being depressed can't talk about dealing with stress won't deal with being overwhelmed till it's the point of distress look at your life as a mess here come juice with the flex you gotta love it your life you gotta live it trying to get a handle on it juice gonna help you get it gotta buy two vibe and a top feel flow the sun follow the rain change you can still grow be your own hero polish up that steel low go ahead and let it out right here on juice and cotton no tea, no tea, just chew, chew, no tea, no tea, just chew, chew, no tea, no tea, just chew, chew. not gonna waste any time we're gonna jump straight into it talking about seasonal affective disorder now before I go any further I do want to say this that the DSM which is the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders DSM the fifth edition which is the most current edition that we have which if you've never heard of the DSM it is a big book used by healthcare professionals to diagnose various mental disorders or conditions. It has all of the different symptoms and diagnostic criteria one would need to make in order to give a mental health diagnosis, so to speak. So anyway, the DSM-5 changed the name from seasonal affective disorder to depressive disorder with seasonal patterns. And that is because seasonal affective disorder is a subset of major depressive disorder. So in today's episode, I will still refer to it as seasonal affective disorder just because that's the name that people know and recognize and it's still appropriate or I may say seasonal depression, but just know that that's what the new name is, I guess. Anyway, seasonal affective disorder is a type of depression that is characterized by the onset of the depressive symptoms with the change of seasons. So this is important to note because there are actually a group of people or a selection of people who get depressed with the onset of the spring and summer months. Now, today we are going to be focusing on the seasonal pattern of depression that occurs in the fall and winter months. One, because 
that's where we're at right now. That's uh, the season that we're in. So that's the most relevant. But two, because that's actually the type of depression or seasonal depression that is most studied and understood. But I did want to mention that because that's important and we definitely don't want to leave out anyone that notices depressive symptoms when it's sunny and when it's spring and it's summertime, okay? So now that I've said all that, let's talk about how we can recognize or how one would recognize seasonal affective disorder. The first important characteristic, oh, I don't necessarily say first, but I think it's worth mentioning this first, is that the symptoms typically appear around early fall to early winter and improve around early spring. And that's really important to notice and pay attention to when making the distinction between seasonal depression versus typical depression, all right? Also, the symptoms of seasonal affective disorder are not unlike the classic symptoms of major depression or just regular depression. However, they manifest a little differently. Let me explain. So in typical depression, you can see an increase in sleep or a decrease in sleep. So some people who have depression report wanting to sleep all the time and some people can't sleep at all. A lot of people report not being able to sleep. But in seasonal depression, there is almost, I don't wanna say always, but usually it's more common to see increased sleep. So wanting to sleep all the time for extended periods of the day and night. We also see an increased appetite with seasonal depression. And in regular depression, we can see an increase and often a decrease in appetite. So people will report not having an appetite at all in typical depression, but in seasonal depression, people report having an increased appetite with an increased craving for carbohydrates. So naturally that's gonna lead to an increase in weight, right? And in typical depression, we tend to see a decrease in weight. A person may report gaining or losing weight. So those are gonna be um, some key distinctions or some of the characteristics that you will find in seasonal depression, usually an increased sleep, reporting increased appetite with a specific craving for carbohydrates, as well as an increase in weight. Other things that we see are fatigue and lethargy and feeling tired all the time and just not having a whole lot of energy. And people with seasonal depression can report feeling really sluggish or experiencing what we call leaden paralysis. And that's where your limbs feel really heavy, like there's lead in them. That's a sensation that people experience with seasonal depression, as well as irritability, having difficulty concentrating. People frequently report feeling hopeless and worthless or even guilty about their feelings. And of course, we do see in more severe cases having frequent thoughts about death or suicide. 
Another thing that is seen in this particular type of depression is individuals being hypersensitive to rejection or the criticism of others. So those are just a few of the main symptoms that we see. Of course, everyone is different and there is no cookie cutter uh, diagnosis to anyone. So people can experience symptoms of seasonal depression a little differently than the next person, but these are gonna be some of the commonalities, all right? So now that we have had an opportunity to talk about some of the symptoms of seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression, Let's talk about some of the causes. This is something that people tend to really be interested in. The why, right? Or the how. And much like other mental illnesses, we can't say that there is a definite known cause, all right? The origin of many mental illnesses is derived from theories that are created from various studies and years of research. And there is a lot of evidence to support these causes, but there's still a lot of studying and questioning about the specifics of that, if that makes sense. In seasonal affective disorder, studies support there being a strong relationship between that and the circadian rhythm. Your circadian rhythm can be thought of as your body's internal clock system, so to speak. It regulates our sleeping cycle and our waking cycle. And it is believed that individuals living with seasonal affective disorder have um, a dysregulated or an irregular circadian rhythm. So obviously in the fall and winter months, it's going to be darker for longer periods of time and studies support that individuals, well, some individuals are more sensitive to that and it contributes to the development of seasonal depression. Now, the optic nerve, which is, you know, in our eye, sends information about light to these neurons called the SEN that are located in the hypothalamus which is a region that's at the base of our brain. Now, these neurons use that information that they get from the optic nerve to run our circadian rhythm. This information that they have is then sent to our pineal gland, which is like a tiny cone-shaped thing <laughs> located near our hypothalamus and when it is dark outside, the pineal gland releases melatonin, which is also chemically related to serotonin. Melatonin, when it is released in us, melatonin reduces our heart rate and it lowers our body temperature and it helps us go to sleep. And when it's light outside, the pineal gland you know, stops releasing melatonin, which then has the opposite effect, okay, and our heart rate increases, and, you know, our body temperature changes, and this helps us to wake up, or helps keep us awake. So with us having shorter days in the winter and fall months, in some people, it impacts their brain's ability to 
produce these feel-good hormones, serotonin, dopamine, norepinephrine, it interferes with that production and that causes a person to become depressed. So, quick recap. Basically, there is a strong relationship between seasonal affective disorder and our circadian rhythm, which is our body's internal clock system that regulates our sleeping and waking cycle. And what's happening there is our optic nerve is like, oh, okay, it's dark out. Let me go tell SCN. And SCN is like, okay, cool. Let me go tell the pineal gland. Pineal gland it's dark out pineal gland goes like oh okay cool so i'm about to release some melatonin then that's gonna reduce this person's heart rate lower their body temperature all that gonna help them go to sleep so then when it's a light outside the pineal gland is like um okay i just got told that it was light outside it's light somewhere so no more melatonin right all right I hope I explain that in a way that makes sense. Y'all know, well, if you don't know, I kind of struggle sometimes with simplifying a response. And lately, I have really been interested in researching what happens in our brains to support um, the symptoms that we see. Because it's interesting, and I find that people really are fascinated by that kind of stuff and I am as well so I enjoy sharing that perspective when I can all right so that's one of the contributing causes another contributing cause is linked to a vitamin D deficiency so vitamin D which is largely obtained in a process that happens via sunlight and vitamin D is involved in the synthesis of serotonin and dopamine in the brain, which are feel-good hormones. And so for a person with a vitamin D deficiency and decreased sunlight during the fall and winter months, this means a decreased production of serotonin and dopamine, which may contribute to a person getting seasonal depression. So these theories are really promising however they don't do much to explain what's happening with people who get depression in the spring and summer months remember we talked about that so keep that in mind that's why i wanted to preface what i said with much about what we know about the origin of many mental illnesses is theorized there being it's being studied okay some other factors that may increase a person's risk of or likelihood of having seasonal affective disorder include family history. People with seasonal affective disorder may be more likely to develop that if they have some blood relatives with seasonal affective disorder or another form of depression. If you are a person that already has or has had major depression. It's also believed that people who live either far north or far south of the equator are at higher risk of developing seasonal affective disorder or are, have been found to have seasonal affective disorder more than people who don't live as far from the equator. And obviously this is gonna be uh, due to decreased sunlight in the fall and winter months and longer days during the summer. All right? 
So we have talked about the characteristics of seasonal affective disorder. We have talked about some of the theories behind the causes or the origin of seasonal affective disorder. And I do want to talk a little bit about how we as healthcare professionals diagnose seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression. Aside from the evaluation process, the main thing that you need to understand about this particular type of depression is that the symptoms must occur in the same season each year for at least two years in a row, and they must improve or disappear with the coming of the new season. So if any of this resonates with you, start by having a conversation with your doctor or healthcare provider or schedule a consultation to see a therapist to discuss your particular concerns. All right. So lastly, I want to cover some of the treatment for seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression and how you can better cope with it if this is something that you have and you know that you have it, all right? One thing is going to be light therapy. What light therapy basically entails is increasing one's light exposure, and this can happen through a couple of ways. One recommendation is that if you feel you have seasonal or if you know you have seasonal affective disorder or you just notice a change in your overall mood and functioning due to decreased sunlight, walking more, getting out and trying to walk for a couple of hours on a cloudy day or at least 30 minutes on a sunny day. Now, for a lot of people that is going to be difficult for many reasons, Depression tends to decrease a person's motivation to do much of anything like that. But um, if it's a milder form, then if you can do that, then that has been found to be helpful. It is helpful. Light boxes, though, are going to be another alternative to that. There is some debate about the effectiveness of light boxes, but nevertheless, it is one of the treatments that is found in this particular type of depression. A light box is what it sounds like. It's a box of, <laughs> it's a box of light. It's a, it's a box, it's a light. It's a big bright light, basically. You can purchase one, they have them everywhere, like Amazon, wherever. Um, but if you get one, there is a certain lighting level that's recommended, and that's 10,000 lux, L-U-X, for 30 to 90 minutes in the morning. And it is recommended that you use this light box shortly after waking up and around the same time every day. So people tend to put these light boxes, you know, in their office with them at work and use them that way and some people have found that to be helpful for them also psychotherapy um cognitive behavioral therapy is a type of therapy that has been found to be helpful with seasonal depression but regular depression and it helps one identify our negative thoughts and you know, behaviors and emotions that result from these different thoughts or automatic thoughts that we have. Also medications that are prescribed to increase serotonin, norepinephrine, and dopamine levels. So those 
hormones that are not being produced the way that they should be um, in us. There are medications that can help with that. Increasing your vitamin D through supplements. Also, aerobic exercise. So this may be something that is more helpful in preventing the onset of these symptoms or in maintenance. So once your symptoms have improved, this is something that can help you stay better longer. Also practicing good sleep hygiene is an effective treatment or way to cope with seasonal depression. And some, some things that go along with good sleep hygiene are gonna be, you know, turning off your electronics an hour before you go to bed and eliminating long naps during the day and keeping a good sleep schedule, some of those things. Another thing that I recently learned about in the treatment of seasonal affective disorder or seasonal depression is a dawn simulator, which is essentially an alarm clock that gets progressively brighter 30 to 60 minutes before your alarm goes off. Now, from what I understand about the science or the theory behind this is our circadian rhythm instinctually is built off of natural sunlight. So our bodies are in tune with the rising and the falling of the sun or should be, but because we don't live in the kind of times where we're allowing the sunlight to wake us up and the the nighttime to put us to bed, we have, you know, artificial lights and we stay up late. And usually when our alarm clock goes off, we wake up abruptly and turn on light and we're instinctually or ancestrally supposed to wake up gradually as the sun rises and that response in us is heavily disrupted because we don't do that so a dawn simulator helps reset or regulate that internal clock by basically imitating what it would look like to wake up with the dawn so you set your alarm clock for six or whenever you get up in the morning and around 5 30 your little light starts to come on and get brighter and brighter and brighter um something like that i don't have one but i do i i did put one in my amazon cart and i may buy it i don't know i'll keep you posted on that <laughs> All right, so we, in today's episode, have covered seasonal affective disorder. We talked about what it was. We talked about some of the causes of it or theories behind the causes of it, as well as the symptoms, treatment, and diagnosis. Not in that order, but you get what I'm saying. And I hope that this has been helpful for you. And again, if any of this resonates with you, start by having a conversation with your doctor, healthcare professional, or therapist to gain further understanding. And one thing that we are going to see that is unique to this year is 
pandemic depression, hidden seasonal depression. So make sure that you all are taking care of yourself in this time. These symptoms are real and really can impact your quality of life, overall functioning, and you deserve healing um, before anything else. All right. If you have questions or comments about today's episode, send them in to Sherelle, that's C-H-E-R-R-E-L-L-E at therapyjuicebar.com or, and, or get your voice heard on the show by leaving me a voice message on Anchor. And the link for that is going to be in today's show description. So the little details section where you read about what the show is going to be about. I always leave a link in there in case you want to leave me a voicemail and get your voice heard on the show. Be sure to visit the Juice Bar blog by going to www.therapyjuicebar.com. And if you're not doing so already, follow us on Instagram at therapyjuicebar. If you enjoy the content that I put out, leave me a review, rate the show, and don't forget to subscribe and tell a friend about the show. And I just want to say that I hope that you are taking care of yourself on this wonderful Friday. I am recording this on a Monday, the day before the election, so I truly don't know the outcome of that. I don't know how we're going to be doing (laughs) um, right now, which is why you're listening to this. And if you're wondering why I didn't speak on it, it's because I don't know the outcome yet. I hope America doesn't mess this up. But Yeah, definitely take care of yourself either way. Interesting times we're in. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Be sure to bring a friend with you to the couch next time. And until then, peace, love, and juice.